0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, hey everyone. It's good to be joining into this time together. And even though we're still separated by everything that's going on, we can still have this sense of connection as we lean in together in this time. And and I'm looking forward to that day when we get to be all back together. But until then it's good to be with you at least in this way. And so thanks for joining in. If you're if you're part of New Life, we love that you're here. If you're just checking us out, someone invited you to come online, we're glad that you're with us as well. It's going to be a good morning as we continue with this time of teaching. And we're jumping into this, this series that we've been in called Life Hacks, taking a look at these beautiful things that the Spirit of God will produce in our lives as we lean into Him and let Him continue to do His good work, this work that Jesus promised would happen when we stepped into new life with him, and his spirit would move into our story. And and so this is what we've been looking at, what the Holy Spirit will do. One of the early Christian leaders, Paul, writes these words, and he says this in Galatians 5. He says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and when I think about that list of things that, that the Spirit of God wants to work into our lives and grow us into, I think those are some really beautiful things. Like, like, I would love to know people like that, people that had those things, people of love and joy and peace and goodness. I'd love to experience them in my story. I'd love to become a person like that more and more. And, and yet what I think is interesting when I look at that list, that that's not really always how the world would tell us to present ourselves. Like, here's how you present yourself, not with those things. I think our world would actually tell us, no, present yourself in a very different way. Like, like, so just imagine if you were filling out a resume for a job, how would you describe yourself? Would you describe yourself with those words or other words like successful and confident and go-getter? Or imagine if you were filling out a dating profile. So you're on your online dating profile and, and what words would you use to describe yourself? Would you use the word gentle to describe yourself? That that would seem strange in that context to do that. Or like if your friends were setting you up on a on a date with someone and, and you're like, well, what are they like? And you're like, oh, this person is so gentle. You kind of like, what? What does that mean? And, and as beautiful as these words are that the spirit wants to produce us, produce in us, I, I don't think we're always like in sync with them and, and what that might look like in the reality of living them out. Because they might sound good on paper, but maybe I'm meant to be or look like something else. And and yet what I think we need to grab a hold of is that these are good things. In in fact, when Jesus describes himself to us, what he's like, he actually talks about gentleness being one of the key qualities of his life. Listen to what Jesus says in this beautiful invitation that he gives to anyone who would want to step into new life with him. Jesus says this in Matthew 11, He says these words. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I mean, it's this beautiful invitation that Jesus extends to every single one of us. Hey, if life is hard and it's heavy, come to me because I'll help you with this life that you're living. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. This idea of a yoke is this this picture of, of two animals connected together, doing the work together as they walk forward. And what Jesus is inviting us is to partner with him in life, that that we could yoke with him and walk side by side with him, and he would do the heavy lifting and leading us into this new life he wants to give us. And, And so listen to what he says. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Like if this was Jesus' online dating profile, he describes himself as humble and gentle, being one of the key qualities of what he's like. He says, I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden I give you is light. And so what's so great about gentleness that this is one of the key ways that Jesus describes himself to us as he invites us to, to walk with him in life? And I'll spend some time unpacking this idea of gentleness because I think if we can really understand it, it's, it's a very powerful thing that we, we're going to actually want to show up in our stories. And, and so I think one thing that we have to recognize about gentleness is, is that gentleness is not some weak or passive way of living, as if to be gentle means that you're a doormat and you let people walk all over you. In fact, what, what Jesus calls us to is, is a gentle kind of life that at face value might sound weak. Like, Jesus does call us to extraordinary acts of gentleness. Like, for instance, when he says, hey, turn the other cheek. Like, when someone wrongs you or hurts you, don't get even with them. Turn the other cheek is that idea of, I'm not going to respond in kind the way you've treated me. And yet, that's not a call to some kind of passive or weak life. Because to do something like that, to turn the other cheek, it actually requires an incredible amount of strength. I mean, think about it, which is easier to do in a moment when someone has wronged you and hurt you? Which is easier to do? Is it easier to just lash back at them, to to respond in kind the way they've treated you? Or to respond in a totally different way, a a way of of a gentle strength that says, no, I'm not going to let you define how I'm going to be. I mean, I I think if we're going to be honest, it's, it's a whole lot easier just to get even with them, to respond in kind, than to respond in a totally different way. And see, I think that's one of the beautiful things about gentleness, that gentleness is a quiet strength that comes from within us that's powerful because it actually changes things in our world. It can change what's going on inside of us. When gentleness shows up in our story, it can change what's going on within us by leading us more deeply into peace instead of walking in pathways of anger. And yet gentleness, is as powerful as it is at what it can do within us, it's not just about what happens within us. Because when gentleness shows up in your story, it's a powerful thing that, became, that can begin to change the world around you. It can change things around us. In fact, I think there's a couple of ways that I just want to talk to you about for a couple of moments here about how gentleness can actually change things around you because of the power and quiet strength that gentleness brings into our lives. Here's the first thing that gentleness has the power to do. That gentleness has the power to change the environment around you. Here's what I mean by that. Like, like have you ever noticed how easy it is to stumble into tense moments in our relationships with other people? Like, like whether that's in the parking lot or at the dinner table, it's really easy to be triggered by another person and to create that tension in our relationships with each other. I remember watching... Uh Somebody posted a video on YouTube of a, a group of kids at a birthday party. And these were like little kids, like maybe two, three years old. And they're, they're sitting at the table, about three boys sitting at the table. And, and somebody brings the birthday cake and puts it right in the middle of the table. And they start singing the birthday song. And, and one of the boys on the side, he just gets so excited about the party. He starts flailing his arms and doesn't even mean to. But he totally hits the kid next to him right in the face. And, and here's this poor kid who's trying to sell a birthday and somebody just gives him a haymaker and hits him and, and then he's just kind of looking around. He didn't know who hit him, but he starts crying and his whole moment's ruined and he looks around and then he sees the other kid, not the one that hit him, but the other kid sitting next to him who's laughing and having a good time and somehow he just interprets he's the one who does it and he reaches over and just smacks that kid in the face and then that kid starts crying. And, and there's this sense in which If we're not careful, we'll let the the tense moments in our relationships determine how we'll respond versus this idea of gentleness that changes how we respond and changes the environment around us. In the wisdom part of the Bible and the scriptures, in Proverbs 15, it has this to say about gentleness. Proverbs 15.1, it says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I mean, think about that—that the power of gentleness has the ability to diffuse situations when we embrace it and we walk in it. And I've seen the power of this at work. I was on this trip with a bunch of high school students, and we were riding in a bus going up into the mountains for the weekend, and. My buddy Steve's driving the bus and this is a clunker of a bus like a very old used school bus and so we start going up the hill and we have no power like we're just going as slow as we can and as we start the hill we miss the first turnout which would let cars pass us and we're stuck now on this narrow road and we see next turnout four miles away and and it doesn't take very long before we start hearing the honking cars behind us who are really upset with the speed at which we're traveling and I remember looking out the back window and it's like it's like a lineup of like 20-something cars. And it's like, oh, and Steve's like, I'm doing the best I can and I'll, I'll turn out at the next one when we can get there. And sure enough, the next turnout comes and Steve pulls the bus in and, and cars start zipping by us. And man, they're so excited. They're letting us know how awesome we are. They're telling us that we're number one in their own way. And then this one car actually pulls into the turnout where we're sitting at and this guy jumps out of his car and he comes marching up to the bus and he starts screaming and yelling at Steve through the window of the driver's side of the bus and and I'm just sitting in, like next to Steve going, oh my gosh, this is not going well, Like, are we going to have to get into a fight on the side of the mountain here with this guy? And and I remember it was so amazing, amazing to watch Steve in this moment. Steve just sees the guy coming and... Just says, hey man, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with this bus that we have. And he just quietly and kindly explains to the guy, sorry he missed that first turnout. He pulled over when he could. This is a trip we're on, taking these kids up for a great weekend. And, and somehow in the course of the conversation, Steve's gentle response changed the environment. And this guy goes from being furious and angry to suddenly giving us tips on where we can find fun things to do. And I remember just looking at that moment, amazed at the power of gentleness, as Steve responded in a very different way. Gentleness has the power to change things. And it's not just that it can change the environment around us, but another thing that gentleness has the power to do is this, gentleness has the power to change the impact of your witness, of your ability to share the goodness and beauty of Jesus with other people. I think one of the most effective ways to share Jesus was when somebody sees something in your life and you're like, hey, what what is it about you that's going on? We don't have to take this aggressive response to sharing Jesus. We can live the reality of what we're experiencing and as people see it, they lean in and they say, hey, what's going on? In fact, this, this is what one of Jesus' first followers actually encourages us to do. One of Jesus' good friends, Peter, he writes these words, to some of the first Christians in 1 Peter 3.15, this is what he says. Listen, he says this. He says, if someone asks about the hope, about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And, and I love the implication of that simple idea. Like, like Peter's understanding is that when people want to know about our faith, it should come as a response to what they see in our life. Not having to take an, an aggressive attack towards them and yet I don't know if we can always do this right because I think sometimes we we operate from defensiveness or we do go on the attack and yet Peter's like no no respond when somebody wants to know the hope that you have and then look look what he says how to do this he says but do this in a gentle and respectful way because how we share our faith has a a lasting impact in what that looks like And, and again I've seen the power of this and it's a beautiful thing when I was a college pastor, I, I got a chance to work with college students and, at our church that we were at in the L.A. area, and we would have a, a weekly gathering of college students, and we would do kind of a, a church service together and just spend time hanging out. And, and this girl started to come and hang out, and, and this group of friends just kind of enveloped her and invited her to spend time with them, and she'd come for several weeks. And I remember after one of our meetings as we were hanging out, she's like, hey, can, can I talk to you? She wanted to talk to the pastor about something, and I'm like, sure. And, and she's like, I, I have a dilemma. And I'm like, what is it? She's like, I don't know what to do. She's like, I feel kind of stuck. And then she said this. She's like, I don't really buy into or believe anything you say when you talk about this God stuff. But I love being here with all of you. I remember as soon as she said that, I got so excited inside because I realized we're winning. Even though she's wrestling with the, the things that we believe, she's loving the people She's hanging around because they had created space for her, and in their gentle way of walking with her, they are opening up opportunities to encounter Jesus. Oh, friends, gentleness is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It can change things around us, and it's something that God wants to produce in our lives if we're willing to let him work in our story. And when we embrace this gentleness that the Holy Spirit produces in us, it leads to powerful things in our lives. And so how how do we grow this gentleness in our lives? How, How do we grow in gentleness? Well, we've been talking about this idea that all of these beautiful things that the Spirit of God wants to do, it's His work in us. And so if we want to grow in gentleness, we have to understand a couple of things. I think first, we have to remember what God's part is in this and what our part is in this. And so like we see, like what Paul says, it's the Holy Spirit who produces this fruit in our lives. That means it's the work of God's Spirit in us. It's God's job, it's the Spirit's job to produce this fruit in our lives. And when we're short, when it's it's not showing up, we tap into this life hack of the Holy Spirit at work. When we're short on fruit, we go to the root. We've been talking about that principle this whole time. And so it's the Spirit's job to produce the fruit. But we have a job to play in that as well. It's our job to begin to practice the fruit that the Spirit is giving us, to begin to practice it and live it out. So the Spirit produces the fruit in us and we begin to practice it in our lives in the opportunities all around us. And as we begin to walk in that dance with the Holy Spirit in our story, the, that those fruit begin to produce in our lives and show up as we live it out. And so if we want to grow in gentleness, We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit at work in our stories. And so if you wanna grow in gentleness, I think there's a couple things that we can do. First thing is this, if you're gonna grow in gentleness, then ask for what you need. Ask for this in your life. If you need gentleness in your story, then ask God through His Spirit to begin to produce it in you. And see, here's what's really cool about this. If you really want this in your life, here's some really good news. God wants this for you too. He wants these things for you because he knows that this is the best you you can grow into. And God wants to grow you into the best version of yourself. And and so if you want this, if you need this, ask him to begin to produce it in your life. And and the reason we need to ask for this is because God is never going to force on us what we don't want. See, God doesn't want to just force something on us as if we're mannequins or puppets that dance to the strings of his whims. God didn't create us like that. God created us as people so we could have a real and living relationship with him as he would work in our lives and our stories and we would begin to know him and reflect the beauty of him in the world around us. And so if we want God to do his work in us, we need to ask him, Ask him to meet us and help us in doing it. And when we ask, we can ask with confidence because God is good and he desires to do good things in our lives. This is why Paul, another one of the early Christian leaders, writes these words about this idea. In, In Philippians chapter one, he says this. He says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You understand how hope-filling those words are? That there's this good work that God is doing in your story and my story, and he's not going to give up on us. He's not going to quit. He's going to work with us as we are, however we find ourselves, because he wants to grow us into more and more of the person he's created us to be. And so when we need that help of him producing these things like gentleness in our story, we ask, and he will begin to do that work in us. And I think when we're asking, there's a couple of ways to to ask. This is how it kind of works out in my life. One way that I ask is I ask preemptively. What what I mean by that is as I'm going through my day, as I'm beginning to start my day, I ask, God, would you give me what I need today so that that I can grow into the person I truly want to be and the person you're making me into? And so as I go into my relationships, as I go into my workplace, as I go into all the scenarios of my day, would you produce in me what I need? Would you produce in me this gentleness that I can bring with me, this quiet strength that can change things around me? And so ask preemptively for God to be working in your life. And, and then as you get into your day, into the moments, into the relationships, and, and those difficult things begin to surface and rise, then the second way to ask is to ask in real time So God, as I'm I'm sensing this tension that's coming into this moment, would you begin to give me what I need so that I can respond in a different way, a good way, a gentle way, and not simply react to what's going on around me? And see, if, if you and I are gonna grow in gentleness, if you're going to grow in this gentleness, then you ask for it, you ask for what you need. And then the second thing that we can do is act on what God is producing in us, act as if you've got it. Now when I say that, what I'm not saying is this. I am not saying fake it or pretend that you have it. As if somehow like fake it until you make it is the way that we're supposed to follow after Jesus. I actually don't think that's very helpful at all. I think that idea of faking it leads to some ugly things in the journey of following Jesus. And it can lead to painful places of feeling like we're failures and that failure leading us into shame and somehow thinking we're not good enough to continue in the journey of following after Jesus or or it leads to pretense or facade or or wearing masks as we walk through this journey and those are like the religious games that we can fall into and Jesus doesn't call us into religiousness he calls us into relationship with God and and so when I'm saying act is if you've got it, as we ask for him to produce it and then we act on it. What I mean is trust that God is going to give you what you need as he leads you into the opportunities to live it out. Trust that he's already at work in your story and so you have it in you as you begin to operate as if it were there. And see, one of the best ways we discover and develop these fruits this gentleness that God wants to give us is in context with each other. See, our relationships are the training ground for the good things that God wants to produce in us. See, following Jesus is never meant to be a solo endeavor As if somehow Jesus invites me into this beautiful new life he wants to give me and then it's just you and me, Jesus. We don't need anyone else. That's that's not how it works. See, when Jesus calls us into new life with him, he calls us out of our brokenness and mess. He, He calls us into this hope of rescue and restoration, salvation, this goodness he wants to do in our life. He puts us in a family to do that life with. This new family that he calls his church. And see, I I think this is such a beautiful thing that we don't have to go it alone, that the Spirit of God is at work in a story as we walk through life together. And, And here's the beautiful thing about what it means to be church: it's you and I together leaning in, helping each other grow. And so listen, we're we're in a very limiting season right now, like as COVID is in full effect and we can't be gathered together like we normally would in, in our building on a Sunday, but listen, just because the building is closed right now doesn't mean church is canceled. You are the church, I am the church, the people you're doing life with, that's church, and we help each other grow because that's how Jesus designed it to be. He calls us into this new life together, the, this family of his church so that we can help each other grow, grow into, beca- grow into becoming more like Jesus, as we reflect Him in the world around us. And so our relationships are the training ground for the good things that God wants to produce in us. And and yet I think we need to wrestle with the implications of that, that if you and I are the context in which we grow more into the people we are meant to be, it doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. I I think there are going to be times when we're going to fall flat on our face in the endeavor of trying to become more of who God has created us to be. And here's what I want you to understand about that. It's okay when you fail. It's okay when you mess up. It's okay when you don't get it right because you are a work in progress just like I am. And I've had to come to those moments where I failed miserably at trying to get it right and trust that God is still working in my story. I remember experiencing a, a moment of failure where I wasn't who I wanted to be, especially in this area of gentleness. We were on a road trip from Canada coming to California, and we were on one day that was a particularly long day of driving. We had just dropped down from the Colorado Rockies and just got like we had to drive longer than we wanted to. The storm was hitting, and we had to keep driving so we didn't get trapped in the snowstorm. And you know, as much as I love John Denver, I was I had enough of that Colorado Rocky Mountain high. Game over. Keep driving. And, so we finally drop down out of the Rockies, we stop for dinner, I'm tired, we go to a restaurant and we start to eat, and it's a Mexican restaurant, so I'm excited at that level, but we run out of chips and salsa. And I noticed that there's this salsa bar that you can go and get your own salsa in. And so I looked to my oldest daughter who said, hey dad, I want, I want some more salsa. And I'm like, okay, good, go get some more salsa over at the salsa bar. And she's like, oh, I, I, I don't want to do that. And essentially she was just in a place of tired as well, and, and I was like, just, just go. And, and what happened in that moment is I missed what was happening in my daughter's life, that she's in a huge transition of life. She's, she's not feeling totally secure about wanting to go like talk to the stranger about getting more salsa. I'm frustrated in this moment. I just want salsa. And so I push her way too hard to go do it. And, and in that moment, I, I broke something in her and how I was being toward her. And, and I totally missed what, what it was all about, I just I remember saw that seeing the hurt in her eyes and suddenly in that moment realizing i I failed at being a good dad at at this gentleness toward her and yet what I realized in that moment is even though I felt like a failure and, and I, any parent who's lived long enough has probably been in that place, I knew that. I wanted something better than that for me and for her and our relationship, and and so I just leaned in and said, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm that I treated you like that, that I that I used those words, that I was just mean spirited about salsa. <laughs> Can you forgive me? You know, in, in that moment, I, I think God met me and He showed that, hey, Joel, even though you feel like you're failing right now, I'm still doing my work in you." Because your ability to recognize the mistake and to own it and to go back and apologize is proof of my work in your life. That is my gentleness at work in you. And so listen, we're not always gonna get it right. But if we're willing to lean in, we're gonna see God still show up in our story. And maybe one of the ways that we actually recognize God is growing us in gentleness is when we do get it wrong and we own it and we go and we apologize because that takes a quiet strength to do something like that. Which means that when we mess up, don't give up. Don't think that just because you've fallen means it's over. You've got a chance to carry on and continue moving forward. Don't give up. Keep acting as if you've got it, as if you've got what God is gonna give you because His Spirit's at work in your story producing this fruit, giving you the gentleness that you do need in life. And so as we grow in this, we invite him to do his work and we act on what he's putting in us. And so we carry on and we continue on and every day we ask and we act and we keep on asking and we keep on acting as we follow after Jesus Jesus, the one who invites us to come into this relationship with him, who invites us to come to him because he is humble and gentle and he has the power, as his spirit works within us, to grow us into the best version of ourselves. And he is so good to us that he will continue to work with us. And listen, as you grow in gentleness, you will see the power of gentleness in your life. You will see this quiet strength growing within you and spreading to the world around you, changing things, changing the environment around you as you respond in your relationships in new and better ways because God is doing a work in you. You will see things change around you, change the impact of your witness, as you reflect Jesus to others, as they begin to see this work of what God's doing in your story, and and lean in and say, what is it about you? And you can point to him and say, listen, here's who I am because of Jesus at work in my life. Our friends, gentleness is a great thing. It was on Jesus's resume, it was on his online profile, and because we walk with him, he wants to produce it in us so that we have this good thing flowing in and through us into the world around us. And so who wants more gentleness in their life? If that's you, same as me, I want more gentleness in my life too. And so that means that we need to ask him to produce it in our lives and then act on what he's doing in our stories. And so let's do that right now. Right now in this moment, let's ask him to come and do his work in us. And so I'm, I'm gonna pray for us and. I just want to invite you to lean in and and let this prayer be a prayer that echoes in your own heart. And so let's pray and ask him. And so God, we need you to work in our stories. And so right here in this place, I'm asking that you would produce in us this good fruit you want to lead us into. And today we're talking about gentleness. And so God, would you produce through your spirit in our lives, gentleness in our story? so that we can change things around us as your power shows up and transforms us from the inside out. And so this week, give us the courage to act as if we've got it because you're doing it in our lives. May it change the way we interact with the people in our lives. May it change the way we reflect you to the world around us, amen. Hey, I want to encourage you as we continue in our services, as we go into this next song, to to take the things that we've been talking about and invite God to continue to do his work in you and and take the words of the song that we're going to do together as, as Sarah and her family sing. Make this song your prayer and invite God to continue his good work in you. So here we go. We hope you enjoyed this week's message.